Opinionated Marketers, a podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. Hello and welcome to Opinionated Marketers with Charles Nixon and me, Kieran Kapoor. Uh, this week, Charles, there was an article in The Economist that's caught your eye, which is something about um, Gen Z. They're woke, broken, complicated and businesses should take note. Yes, indeed. Um, they are, like everybody else, a conflicted marketing marketing group. It is a very interesting discussion, though I'm not saying that it's actually right in the fact that it's based on McKinsey's, which is usually a good sound source, credible and reliable data, which says that they tend to spend 17% more uh, in the year to 2020 than they did before COVID, um, and that they spend their money on all sorts of um, uh, interesting aspects. many of which will take an ethical view of the products that they're about to purchase. And then in the next sentence says that they're perfectly at ease with buying fast-moving fashions, which will be worn once and then go into landfill. Uh, It is an interesting discussion, um, as every time this comes up, it has always seemed since the 1970s that the future is held by the young people. And um, it is one of those processes where we have a demographic shift which really needs to sort of be taken on top of the general response that what is the young people want to buy is what everyone's going to buy. Um, Historically speaking, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, we had a young population, very dynamic um, economy, and the new and innovative ideas were generated, and therefore the response was mainly from young people who could afford to buy these things, um, and they ploughed on with all the changes that we now uh, enjoy. That has changed somewhat. And I think it's important to all organisations to think about the proper segmentation for their own marketplace. The majority of assets, the majority of spending is by all people who are over 45, because that's the way the population dynamic has changed. So constantly chasing a young marketplace, which might only make up a fifth of the overall market economy, uh, is something that is dangerous if you're not careful. So whilst these people might show new ideas, which should be considered, um, don't forget that the majority of sales probably actually are going to be made to people who are over 45. And um, I would probably point to someone like Marks and Spencers, which is doing better and better at the moment, because it's finally got its head around the fact that most of its audience is actually is white-haired. And therefore, from its perspective, its fashion, which was out of kilter with its marketplace for about the last 10 years, is now finally coming into fashion. Yes, because there, you're never going to get a Gen Z, I suspect, wandering into Marks and & Spencers and, and purchasing. And M&S spent a long time chasing the youth marketplace and putting off their sort of core market. Now they've just accepted that they are... The, the mature end of the market, or seem to have accepted that, um, it does seem to have made quite a difference to, to their bottom line. I found the um, the article quite interesting um, in the Economist. Um, it, it it's 
I mean, it does start off with young people have always perplexed their elders. And I think when you say they are a complicated generation, they're probably no more complicated than previous generations. They've just got more opportunity and they're probably asked their opinion more. Um, so they, they talk about having thin wallets and expensive tastes. Well, you could also say they are economically disadvantaged, partly because they're young and they they want to buy things that will last. Well, you could describe that as expensive tastes or you could describe that as wanting to have something that was sustainable. Um, they prize convenience and also social conscience. Um, they want to be they want shopping to be seamless and personal. Um, they crave authenticity, but they're constantly immersed in what they describe as an ersatz digital world, which is a great phrase. Um, so it's not surprising that any generation has paradoxes. I mean, if you try to put in, it says the European Union is home to 125 million people between the ages of 10 and 34. Well, for a start, that's the ridiculous way to try and segment a customer base. <laughs> you know, between the ages of 10 to 16, you've got completely different interests to the six years between 28 and 34. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Of course, they're going to be baffling. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous yes, way to divide up any segment of the population. And in, within that European marketplace, you've got some countries which have got a growing population, some which have a di declining population. So the dynamic is different in the different geographies. And there are over 360 million people in Europe, so we're only talking about a third of them. So uh, we've uh, got to be more targeted in our segmentation. Um, but the, the article, I think, does highlight the point about segmentation. You really do need to drill down into your own customer groups and potential customer groups and really talk to them as to what it is that they want, rather than taking just a dipstick piece of research from a couple of people you've talked to or reading some big macro articles. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you try to build a, 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 any strategy at all on, on this level of, of high level data, I mean, goodness knows, you'd be you'd be standing on your head. What is also interesting is um, the, the work that The Economist is writing about came from McKinsey. And they did an insight back in October where they talked about Gen Z seeing its place in the working world. Now, I'm guessing it's probably the similar sort of piece of it's the same research because they, they've obviously they surveyed an awful lot of, of people. Um, and it, it's quite interesting that Gen Z are, are expecting not to have um, stability in their employment um, they're, they're less expectation that they're going to own a home. Um, they they look at very sort of they look at different things in the workplace and really worrying. And this is eighteen to twenty four year olds. Um, nearly half have had a diagnosis or treatment for mental illness. Now, from a business point of view and also from a employer point of view, that is a very stark statistic. Yes, indeed. Um, one would also possibly think about the fact that no one ever surveyed under these banners before. So we could actually be saying that this is a decline in the number of people who actually had mental problems because we don't know. But we do have, therefore, something that we need to think about. And certainly the post-COVID world has a lot of hangovers from whether it's a mental impacts or physical impacts. And we probably don't know what those are um, for you know, 
couple more years in many respects. Um, so we, uh, I, I think we, we need to look at uh, our target audience, what that specifically says to us, rather than, as you say, the generals. Great to talk to you, Charles. And the articles we were talking about is in The Economist. It's behind a, a paywall, how the young spend their money. Um, and I think we would both say, um, read the conclusion. The, the survey is interesting, but perhaps read the conclusions with a huge pinch of salt. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Lovely to speak to you, Charles. Thank you. Like and subscribe to this feed for more podcast content. From Cambridge Marketing College.